Hello, and welcome to Quality Time with Rick and Rob. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rob. Hi, everyone. And we have a special day today. We are actually live and in person. In person, in the brand new studio, uh, formerly known as one of our conference rooms. (laughs) Um, But uh, very glad to be in person, seeing everybody. We have producer Maddie in the house. So it's great. Now we can see your facial expressions and doing, you know, miming when we're going long or we need yeah. to amp up or tone down. Or, yeah. So it's going to be good rather than seeing her in the video. Although now we can't ignore her as well. Because oh, yeah. She's we'll right. She'll throw yeah. things at us. Yeah. But yeah, so we were able to be live because of the success that we're having. So I am pretty proud of what we've done so far um, during the pandemic to get this podcast live. Um, and all the recordings. And again, a lot of credit goes to producer Maddie for a lot of the back end work that has been completed to make these uh, so successful. And then also our guests. I mean, you know, it was pretty hard for our guests to come on board during the pandemic into a virtual environment and kind of step up to the level that we'd expected <laughs> as we're running with this podcast. Yeah. And, and other than, uh, you know, Matt Albrecht's uh, buzzsaw in the background that uh, he, he was running on his podcast, I think, you know, everybody's tried to find uh, some some quiet space. They've they've cut some time out of their schedule. So you know, very appreciative of the guests that we've had so far, uh, and and the guests that we have planned coming up as well. So we're we're getting down to the last couple episodes of season one, and we'll look for uh, you know season two for next year. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to season two because it's going to be in person and a lot more guests and you know a lot more interactions, not just from. Uh, folks that we deal with, but subject matter experts that from different industries and different ways of um, doing things, and as well as hopefully some of our uh, customers and some of the challenges that they've gone through and how they've overcome them, you know, with whether it be technology or, or what have you. So I'm looking forward to that. And as always, you know, if you guys have suggestions uh, for topics that you'd like to see, um, you know, can you send them to marketing at aqueducttech.com. Uh, we take those very seriously. We take the questions very seriously, and uh, it really helps out and helps us to tailor the content to what you folks want to hear. Yeah, because we, we want to talk about what you want to listen to. So um, obviously anything that, that we can do to answer questions or provide some some guidance, we'd be happy to do so. Yeah, perfect. And that leads us to today's topic. And I think today's topic is interesting um, because of not only the pandemic, um, but as a whole, um, the industry is accelerated. So, you know, and that's the as a service model. And I know that we have been fundamentally shifting our offerings um, over the last year to the as a service, but also a lot of manufacturer partners and a lot of um, entities that we deal with have been uh, doing as a service as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, right up my alley, I think like Security is is up yours, obviously, is uh, in solution development. We tailor a lot of our new services and new offerings towards what the customers are asking for. And I think in line with, as you mentioned, the manufacturers coming to the realization that as a service was an option for their customers, it's it's very similar for us, is that that was an opportunity um, that we heard coming out of the pandemic that was really accelerated, that new buying habits were forming on our customers. You know, there might have been a little bit of a skittishness towards capital expenditures and, and large hardware outlays. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, that equipment didn't get any younger while it sat in the, in the closet for a couple of years with no one in the office. So all the equipment was aging and, and there was a, a real need for a new way of purchasing things that, that kind of gave some companies flexibility. So we already saw as a service prior to the pandemic, but it really accelerated that as a, as a buying model um, coming out of it. Yeah. I think you, you know, that cloud computing kind of pushed it right. And then with the pandemic, all this cloud computing and people are saying, well, wait a sec, if it works on cloud computing and it works on all this, why can't it work with these other models? And we, as an industry said, yeah, why can't it work, you know, with that? And, you know, I know with marketing, they can get a little carried away because, you know, even in looking at the different as a service models, I saw a lot, some interesting, some were like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, I know with us, uh, anything that we do as an offering is, you know, vetted out and we really try to make sure that there's customer demand for it and that, um, is actually doable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think, you know, for, for some of our process, there's a large part of that has to do with our customer advisory board and, you know, focus groups with our customers that kind of lead to what makes sense in terms of any offering. And that's, you know, regardless of as a service or hardware based or, or whatever it may be, we're really looking for customer driven feedback that allows us to tailor what our new content would be uh, towards some of those business needs. So, uh, you know, obviously coming out of the pandemic, we've, we've talked about, you know, security being a, a, a big, big thing. And that was really because uh, new environments were out there and our customers were asking, okay, I, I, I've moved everybody to be remote and, and now what do I do? So a lot of those as a service offerings, a lot of our, our normal offerings are really driven by our customers and we're very uh, excited about it. Yeah, you know, in talking about security, we SOC as a service has always been table stakes for us, and that's always done. But the amount of, you know, security services that they wanted, right? So the continuous assessments as a service or the continued compliance as a service, um, you know, we've seen a lot of that. Um, even, you know, the continual training <laughs> as a service, things that, you know, you wouldn't imagine a couple of years ago, folks were asking, we'd like, you know, to subscribe to that, yep. you know, and that brings us to the subscription model, right? This is the whole underlaying of all of this. Um, and, you know, both all of the cloud services, you know, the AWS, Azure and all of that with the subscription model has helped, you know, migrate the, the industry towards that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the, the buying habits uh, of our customers changed and purchasing took a much larger role and being already kind of used to purchasing, uh, you know, some of their technology through a, you know, OPEX type of, of uh, model was fortuitous to us when we started seeing more and more services up and available. Um, but, you know, I, I think purchasing is looking at it almost from, uh, a, a cautious perspective. You know, we, they don't want to lay out a lot of capital expenditure, not knowing whether or not we're going to have the same real estate uh, footprint that they had prior to the pandemic. They're looking at it from, um, you know, a perspective of if I, if I buy a bunch of equipment and then we shut down this office <laughs> or, or we move everybody to a different locale, um, you know, what do I do with all this equipment? Do I got to do it again? Right. So um, having the AWS and, and kind of like the Azure uh, footprint for uh, what that as a service purchasing was like, it really primed, I think, 
um, purchasing departments who, who, again, are playing a larger role to be more willing to consume technology in a way that they hadn't before. Um, so I think that's that's what's driving a lot of it. And, and I think we've seen purchasing involved in not just financially, not just, um, you know, uh, from a security perspective where they're asking our their vendors, you know, particularly us, uh, what we're doing from a security perspective around, you know, customer data and, and things along those lines. But they're also asking things um, which are, are great for Aqueduct, but they're asking, you know, about the diversity planning in our company. Uh, you know, as a minority-owned business, you know, we check a lot of boxes in there uh, for our customers. But I've seen things like, you know, green initiatives, how, how green is your yeah. company and, and things like that. So, um, you know, purchasing is playing a, a big role, I think, in driving forward the future of what um, technology is being consumed and how it's being consumed and who it's being consumed uh, from. So, um, you know, I think that as a service for, for us plays into that larger conversation of, um, you know, really understanding the uh, financial models of our customers. I agree. And I, I think for us seeing how much finance has been involved um, and even more the business as a whole. Right. So as we talk about and I'll use, you know, uh, UCAS or unified communication as a service, um, you know, that gets really into replacing call centers that were typically on prem into the cloud. And there's a lot of c discussions you have to have about user experience, you know, what can uh, groups do and all that. So. I welcome that because I think we haven't had that conversation before. I think it was pretty much been the IT team and the IT team says, you know, I need box A and widget B. And, yep. you know, now these are very focused solution based um, technologies that, you know, I think make a better user experience and make better impact on the business. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, with UCAS in particular, we looked back maybe 10 years and everything was PBX driven, right? So you had to have a certain capability of an engineer on your staff running the, the PBX and cross connects and all those um, things that, that kind of in legacy equipment were uh, necessary. And, you know, as we've, had technology change, it really opened the door for something like UCAS to exist. The cloud became more reliable, you know, uh, connectivity became more reliable, SD-WAN entered the picture. So, um, you know, a voice over IP, if you really want to take it back like 10 years, really kind of enabled a lot of this type of technology. And now we're seeing, you know, kind of the boon for, uh, this is how we want to consume the technology now. Now we want to focus a lot on what the end user experience is. We want to focus a lot on what our call queues look like and those types of things. And we don't necessarily care whether or not that's a box sitting in the uh, AWS cloud or if it's a box sitting on site. We just want to make sure that our, uh, you know, connectivity is stable. We want to make sure that our calling features are there. Um, and so, you know, UCAS as a service has really opened open the door to consume voice in a, in a new way. And I think the pandemic helped push the fact that as a business, you better be dynamic. You, you know, you better be able to, no matter what happens and your users are now and not in a particular building that they're out spread out, that they can have the same, you know, voice and phone service, that they can have the same video experience, that they can have the same, you know, access to a customer database or, you know, interacting with the customer, you know, for whatever their job may be. 
and oh yeah, we have to do it securely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think you you know backups is another thing too. You got to think about you know instead of having a PBX and a, uh, another PBX right next to it in the same closet on the same you know PDU and, and power supply, um, opening it up to the cloud allows you to put it in different availability zones and and things like that and be stretched across the country and have uh, you know voice uh, users um, connecting to whichever is the best service for them and and uh, the best availability to them. So it really enhances that look at um, user experiences as well and it gives you a better opportunity to, to do backups correctly and, and and the right way so um, just you know another benefit that's kind of come out of that that type of consumption yeah I do like it there are some negatives to it in the sense of you know there there is some increased costs I, I it bothers me when you hear or some of our manufacturer partners say oh you're gonna save money yeah. <laughs> you know that's it's a stretch um, but like even from a security aspect, and you know me, I'm always going to model the conversation back to security. Um, you know, the bad guys doing ransomware as a service. It's now a business, you know, and we saw, um, you know, the Colonial Pipeline and all of those things being attacked. It was attacked by criminals acting as a business. They had a call center. <laughs> they yep. had people that were, you know, procurement people to procure the keys, you know oopsie, the universal key got out, so they may need some QA, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, you know, you, you think of, quote-unquote, hackers, and you think of, uh, you know, somebody in their basement with a hooded sweatshirt right. on and, and sunglasses and uh, dimly lit swinging light above their head. But, Eating chicken uh, nuggets. Exactly, <laughs> but, you know, the reality is, in, and I know you love this, but there's, you know, YouTube channels and stuff where people hack the hackers and, and things like that, but if you you catch their video, it's it looks like a call center, just like any other call center that, yeah. that, that you would see out there. So, um, you know, these are pretty sophisticated organizations. Yeah. And I think that's going to increase um, more and more. And I think we need to be aware of that. And that kind of segues into what, you know, the next thing I want to talk about is and as a DR as a service, because, you know, we're excited on one hand about the as a service, what everybody's doing. But as this is happening, of course, there's the element that wants to disrupt us <laughs> as much as they can, you know, so it's important for us to, to have DR, you know, like you said, with the call center, but then customers came to us and said, well, we want to consume it as a service. Yeah. Well, I think of uh, DR in particular is, is being fed by a major theme in, in that we're seeing in, in particular, which is um, technology is complex you know, today. And, and if you want to compare it back to a security, you know, when uh, I think when, when I first started in, in security, it was like, well, we're going to disable port 80 and let only port 443 look how secure we are. And that, that was it, right? You mm -hmm. didn't have anomaly behavior. You didn't have, you know, the threat detection and response uh, type of offerings and those types of things. So even, you know, just using security as a as an example, the the complexity of the technology has changed so much, but I think on, on the DR side, having a plan for all of these different services and applications and, and what they um, are responsible for and, and, and what the capability for the business to sustain, you know, downtime or, or anything like that has changed so much that... Um, you know, you're not able to really get away with a technology team of two anymore and, and, and kind of hold down a whole company. So, you know, the DR planning aspect of it is is a large undertaking, and I think it kind of gets shelved a, a <laughs> lot of times. So um, when we look at it, you know, our DR as a service, we have the capability really to 
you know, build that runbook for our customers. We have the capability to do the testing, you know, uh, at whatever frequency that they want. We have the capability to do um, the actual failovers and, and those types of things. So being able to provide, you know, not only just the infrastructure, but also, you know, the, the talent and skill level around it has been um, something that our customers are asking for just because, honestly, they, they don't have as much time as they used to. Um, and they really want to focus on, you know, the core applications of the business. They really want to make sure that they're, uh, time is well spent. So uh, I think we've seen DR as a service come out of that general need of, um, you know, I'm, I hate to say outsourcing because I feel like outsourcing is viewed negatively. Yeah, I uh, but I think it's it's in that uh, capability where all the as the technology has expanded, the lack of kind of internal skill sets that you know, people feel, feel is that they either have to be continuously training, which they don't have time for, or, um, you know, they have to uh, kind of outsource those uh, skill sets or outsource, um, you know, a piece of their technology so they can focus on what they're really good at. And so uh, we've seen a lot of that, you know, as a service push kind of fill that need. And I think, you know, going back, you were saying to DR with the, the audits, how many times have we had an audit and we say, well, your incident response plan, when's the last time you tested it? Yeah. Oh, we're supposed to test that. You're like, oh, okay. You know, so this service to me is an extension of that IT team. So I see we're coming with the outsource piece, but I don't look at it as that way. And I look at it if I was a director, like, and, you know, I had a conversation with a customer the other day and they literally had 30 projects with three people. Yeah. And I was like, and they're trying to, map what's a priority and the businesses they're all a priority so we're trying to assist them in getting you know what needs to be done and what we could take off their plate and again the extension of their team and i felt good because they were like well what would we do without you you know and you're like that's probably the best compliment you get (laughs) as a provider right and so we were able to help sort that out and you know a service like this you know i think just gives us that um peace of mind yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we've seen it too from a geographical location too. When somebody opens up a new office or something along those lines, that's where we've seen our network as a service and wireless as a service and SD WAN as a service, uh, kind of offerings take off. Is uh, you know our customers are saying, look, I've got a team of three. You know, like like you said, uh, I've got a team of three, and we're here at headquarters servicing you know 500 users, and we're we're trying to keep ahead of it and keep ahead of the projects we have here, but also we're standing up a you know a new office in Atlanta and a new office in Dallas and, and all these things. And I got to figure out, do I hire somebody to go out there? Do I have, you know, an IT staff out there? How do I manage it from here? All those types of things. They're looking at us and saying, look, just give me, you know, network as a service, DR as a service, SD-WAN as a service, get me connected, get me backed up and, and, and give me the network that I need, you know, as a service. And I almost just kind of want to forget about these uh, remote sites and, and kind of lean on you guys uh, heavily to, to manage them, you know, start to finish. And so I think that's where we've seen our customers have a, a large benefit in kind of spinning off some of those uh you know, hard to adjust for situations. And I'll circle back. I think it's been driven by the experience, user experience. Like you said, I think the IT teams and the business are telling the IT teams, let's make sure this doesn't impact the user. So everything they do can impact that user. So they don't have time to do the rest of the things. Yeah. And that's where we come in. Absolutely. I mean, even if we're talking about, um, again, I'll reference a customer um, that I was talking to a couple weeks ago. Um, they were looking at hardware as a service and yep. you know compute and i'm not ready to move to 
the cloud, the AWS, but I want to have a data center where it I treat that as a cloud. So is there, you know, what's the idea of you buying the hardware for me, building it, setting it all up and then I'll consume it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that goes right in, right in line with kind of that last, um, use case, which is, uh, you know, we can combine the hardware as a service with our managed services. We can combine it with our professional services. So when we look at those hardware as a service, a lot of times they're saying, I don't want to do the OPEX or I don't want to do the CAPEX. I want to do an OPEX expenditure. I, I would like to just kind of con- consume this piece because, again, I don't know from, you know, a real estate perspective how long this branch office is going to open. I don't know if we're coming back to the office full force, but I definitely need the uh, I need the hardware, um, so I, I need to need to get it. But I don't want to necessarily com- commit to buying this and owning it for the next five years and and paying you know the uh, support contracts and all that type of stuff. So they're really looking at it to line up with their um, real estate contracts. So they're saying, look, I got three years left on my lease. Can I do hardware as a service for three years? And then that way, when that space goes away. So does my network. So does everything else. I don't have to pay, you know, a dime more. It just all kind of ends and co-terminates together. So you can kind of line up a new office or an old office or whatever real estate that you want with not only the the hardware, but the, you know, services to implement it and the services to manage it. So you can kind of almost consume a building <laughs> as, as a service, really. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. I think that's a great way to spend your money i think you get a lot for that when you do it but like you said there's and again not to add to the as a service but you know the the hardware as a service i think is very important you know we have desktop as a service you know both uh, azure and actually all three of them azure aws and and google cloud offer desktop as a service um, you know vdi is is very prevalent now again user experience give them you know anything that they uh access to anything that they need. Yeah, anything they need from wherever they need is the new motto. So with that, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment, our Let's Taco About It segment, it being capitalized for IT, where we answer our listeners' questions over some local establishments, tacos. Uh, and I think, Rick, today is very special because we're in a new location, so we have a whole swath of brand new restaurants available to us. Yep, and the first one for our live episode is the Painted Burrow right here in Waltham. And uh, they were nice enough to deliver us some tacos. And uh, i got to tell you, they were fantastic. So uh, I had the Golf Shrimp Diablo Rojo Taco. Rojo. <laughs> I never say that right. Um, you know, which is spicy grilled shrimp, guacamole, habaneros, which I love mango salsa and pickled red onion. So I uh, highly recommend that one. Yeah, I had the uh, sirloin steak, which had melted cheese, cotija, uh, pico de gallo, and it had a chipotle mayo, which was fantastic on it. So uh, ate it very quickly. Very good. Would definitely recommend it. And what did you have, Producer Maddie? I had plain chicken. Awesome. <laughs> the best taco. <laughs> if there's anything to share with our listeners, it's that uh, Producer Maddie's uh, appetite for anything other than plain anything uh, is, is very low. So uh, we always expect to order off the kids menu anytime we go anywhere with producer Mandy. Which is amazing. I love it. 
I love it. All right, so let's uh, jump right into questions. We had a couple of great questions here. So um, this goes back to one of our earlier episodes. Um, I think this one when we had Neil on, but it's from Mark, and it's what is the common misconception about the cloud? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'll probably stick with what we kind of talked about today, which is that uh, the cloud is less expensive um, and, and it kind of ties in with as a service and kind of the consumption models. A lot of times the uh, assumption is it's saving me a lot of money, so that must be the way to go. But when you really kind of break down the financials, um, it really, really depends on how you're using the uh, technology. It depends on what the life of the technology is, because obviously if you buy um you know, a server and stick it in your, your data center and you are planning on leaving it there for five, six years, it might be way less expensive than in, in taking that same resources and putting them in the cloud and paying them for five or six years because you'll probably pay off that server uh, in a couple of years and then it'll just be uh, kind of a, a sunk hardware cost at that point. So um, I think really understanding how to use the, the cloud and, and really having, um, you know, some guidance on, how to use technology is, is one of the things that I would say for, for me is probably the most biggest misconception is everybody kind of just jumps to put everything in the cloud. That's the way to go. Um, and it may, it may be, but it may also not be. So uh, that, that, that would be my answer. I always get the one too. Um, I don't want to move to the cloud cause it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's all relative, right? What are you trying to do? I always explain to customers, you have a lot of stuff already in the cloud, you know, whether you're using an Office 55 or even some of your CRMs and stuff like that, very few times um, they're going to be on-prem. But, again, that's all relative, and as long as we work with the customers, is understanding what the use case is, you know, we can usually get them there. So great answers. Um, and then the second question uh, comes from Jen, and it's um, what do you think the percentage of cloud versus on-prem versus hybrid? Ooh. That's a, that's a tough question to answer. I'd say, um, you know, for me, the, the percentages are changing <laughs> every day. Yeah. So um, I'd say uh, we've seen a vast majority of our customers go to some sort of hybrid uh, at, at this point. I think the on-prem only type of customer has really narrowed down to a niche subset uh, of customers where, um, and I think part of it's driven by Microsoft, but uh, I, I I know at least most of our customers are now on Office 365 um, for consumption model of, of some sort of, you know, quote unquote cloud resource. So I would say, um, you know, hybrid has taken over and, and the, the pure cloud is maybe not quite there. Um, but I, I think almost uh, a majority are in some sort of hybrid deployment right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think predominantly hybrid. I think people that are pure cloud, uh, a lot of startups people that are on the uh, cutting edge of technology, yep. you know, um, people that are fully on-prem, um, still a little bit behind, but I think you'll find that a lot of them do have some form of cloud service that they have to consume. Um, and even more so, you know, circling back to our topic today about as a service, there's going to be, even though you're predominantly on-prem, there are going to be needs for the as a service you know, different components. And even if it's just as short as, you know, always on, like, you know, I need to have these servers always on because they are on-prem. So I'm going to need multiple ISP connections and I'm going to need somebody to watch those ISP connections 24 by 7, 365, you know, that kind of component. And that's where, again, our <laughs> carrier service as a service <laughs> comes in. 
but yeah, so as an answer to the question, hybrid is probably number one uh, from there. Yeah, good question, Jen. All right, so good questions there. So I think what we'll do is we'll start wrapping things up. I am so excited that this was our first live episode. Um, it's been a long time coming. I'm excited about um, what's to come with our next season. You know, I know we still have to finish off um, the year. We still have three more episodes coming up this year with a wrap-up show at the end of the year. So again, uh, for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed our in live session here. Uh, remember to send any questions um, for our talk about it segment or any topics that you would like to see. Because again, we're doing this all for you guys. Um, send them to marketing at aqueducttech.com and producer Maddie will get them to us and help build the show from there. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Maddie, producer Maddie, for being here in live with us today. Yeah, excited to get some of our first guests here in the studio, and uh, I think it was a, a great first uh, episode and in, in the live format. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.